0: Welcome to episode 23 of How About the Huskies? I'm Connor. I'm joined with Matt and Matt. Andrew can't be here today. He's off doing some better things. So hope you have fun. You're down in Florida. So we miss you, but we got to continue. UConn had a big win versus DePaul. So we're going to recap it for you. UConn once 90-76. to 76. It was an overall great team effort, 90 points. Jordan Hawkins and Adama Snuggle were the stars. Tristan Newton added 20. Really just a great team win. There was some interesting rotational changes we'll get to in a little bit, but
1: I want to hear from you guys first. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I just want to say, you know, another game, and I'm just proud of these guys again. I really feel like they're starting to take strides again. Things are starting to pick back up. You know, when I look back on it, um, whenever we were in the midst of that losing streak a couple weeks ago, um, I was being really nitpicky about them, but I still think this is a team that could, they're built for March, you know, the way they played in preseason tournaments and the way their offense plays. And I feel like their defense hasn't even been near locked in, you know, giving up 76 to DePaul, that's not great. And I feel like the defense could improve a lot. So, um, I really liked what I saw besides the defense. And I think, um, like I said, this team's just starting to keep taking strides and keep leveling up. And I think things are starting to look a lot better around here. You
2: no, know, I, I really liked it. I, it seemed like uh, this was a game, you know, maybe a few weeks ago would have looked a lot different. You know, uh, we went up big ten and a half, half and then, you know, they went on like a 15 to zero run. I'm pretty sure it was something like that. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but. The team, they, they stayed with it. You know, they didn't crumble. They didn't allow them to really get back. I think the closest it was it was nine at one point. But, I mean, this is, this, this is a game that I feel like a few weeks ago, you know, we're looking at a game that could get to five, maybe three. Um, and I, I really liked the, the rotations that Hurley was running. You know, he actually went with it this time. I remember last time I was complaining about how, you know, he said we were going to see a lot of changes and we really didn't. I'm glad that he stuck to his word this time. Uh, limited Calcutta, limited Diarra. Uh, limited Samson, all with five minutes or less. Samson's coming back. Uh, I wasn't sure what's happening with Diara. I think he just wanted to ride the hot hand of Newton, who had another great game, 21 points. And um, the lack of Joey uh, didn't really seem to affect us. If anything, I felt like in a way it could have possibly helped us because Joey's confidence has been really down. I mean, maybe he's just working things out in practice because we all know he has you know, that, that that spark of him. So maybe he's just working it out in practice, getting all the kinks out. You know, maybe we'll see more of him later on. But for now, I feel like this, this rotation was perfect.
1: And while we're on the topic of rotations, one thing I just want to point out is we saw a little bit more of that double big set. And we got to see Adamas go in the high post. And I just I'm liking his decision making. I feel like it's just getting better and better through the course of this season. Um, you know, we were just talking about it before we went live. He put his head down a lot to start the season. Now he's actually looking to make a play and, um, you know, skip the ball around a little bit, which is really key to this offense. This offense thrives on ball movements and running off screens and whatnot. So if Sanogo could, um, you know, play out of the high post on the two big set, or if he could pass out of a double team, that would really make things uh, more effective going on here.
2: Yeah. And him and uh, Jackson seem to have switched roles a bit i remember we were talking about that too uh jackson being way more aggressive going for points i remember last game it didn't work out too well uh started off like one of seven or something but uh yeah and Sonogo always looking to make a play that's what that's what we need and that is going to help us so much because with that sort of dynamic to him looking to pass and him being able to score that easily it opens up shooters it opens up the pain opens everything up so i'm looking to see more of that
1: yeah and just one more thing here about that um if you're getting doubled, your points will come. You're getting doubled for a reason. It's because you're a good scorer. So you should be looking to pass out of a double, and I think he's really starting to figure that out.
0: Yeah, in the second half there, there were extended minutes where Sanogo and Klingon played together. And there's one play in particular that comes to mind. Sanogo had it around the free throw line. Klingon was calling for it. And then Snogle just said, get out of my way. And took it to the floor and laid it in. Pretty much dropped the DePaul player. I don't remember who it was for DePaul. That's just something that sticks out to me. Sonogo, he's playing the four a little bit more, and he's acting like a four. He's putting it on the floor, driving to the hoop.
1: Yeah, I know I said one more thing about that double big set, but actually one more thing this time. When you have two bigs in there, it's really hard for the help defense to come over without leaving the rim exposed. So, um, yeah, I was liking that.
2: Does anybody have the plus-minus numbers on the game? Because I want to see Klingens. I felt like he was a big impact out there um he had two personal fouls which is fantastic because he uh, i feel like every game right now we're looking at four fouls foul out it's always bad but when him and Sonogo are in there at the same time and they're both effective i mean who's stopping us right
0: no i don't have the plus minus on me but i do have the stat we had the big lead like you mentioned matt and it was actually cut to six 63-57 and at that point Tristan Newton it is four point play to put it back to 10 and it was double digits pretty much the rest of the way he's been massive for this team over the past few games he had that dud against St. John's he didn't score in less than 20 minutes but since then he's been in double figures every game and back-to-back 20 plus point performances this is the Tristan Newton we thought we were getting when we got him from ECU
1: and I can most definitely say right now he's taking the next step um, like you were saying, since that St. John's game, 16 and a half a game, and it only has been four games, but he's really, really elevated his place since then. He's been a lot more confident um, and he's been a lot more aggressive, which is what we need from him. Cause um, at his peak, we could get a lot of points from him.
2: And I feel like this is definitely something that, you know, just didn't, he just didn't develop on his own. I feel like there's definitely something going on on the inside, uh, whether it's Hurley or Kamani or, you know, somebody else even, You know, trying to help motivate him because as a player who averaged 17 points last year at Eastern Carolina coming in and putting up dud after dud under five point performances, you know, that that definitely takes a toll on your performance when you're trying to, you know, prove yourself that you could compete at this high, high level. So I I guarantee you there's someone on the inside, uh, you know, giving him confidence, giving him tips, you know, trying to build him back, back up to the player that he was to start the season.
1: And the one thing about those games when he was having duds is he really was not shooting the ball much. He really wasn't. And I think we still need about 10 shots from him a game, um, whether they're falling or not. He's got a really good in-between game. He's got a pretty good um, finishing game. And when he's hot, he could hit shots. So I want to see 10 shots from him a game. And I really feel like, you know, he could be in double digits from here on out.
2: You can also just tell how he's feeling uh, based on the shots that he's taking. I remember he took two shots uh, against DePaul where he was few feet behind the three-point line, and he just was feeling himself. He just put it up. You know, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But I'd love to see him continue to take those shots just to show that, you know, he feels like he can make it from anywhere, and he feels like he's beating this matchup every single game.
0: In that 10-shot benchmark there, I remember last episode I mentioned he's aggressive. Newton is good, Newton. I had the stat when he takes at least 10 shots. And that number goes up. This is the sixth game as a Husky that he's taken at least 10 shots. He's averaging 17.6 points per game. And I just did a quick little research to see how many shots he took per game last year at ECU and just scanning through his game logs. There's only four games he didn't take at least 10 shots, and he averaged 17.7 points per game. So maybe that's his, like, magic number, taking 10 shots. You're going to get your 17 at night, and that's huge for this team. I and mean, we know we have Hawkins and Sonogo to rely on. We really need that third scorer to get his points, and that's been Newton. And speaking of points, I want to mention we had the huge second half against Xavier, 55-90 tonight. That's 145 points in our last three halves. This is the team that we saw in November and December. I think it's back, and there's a huge opportunity to keep on building off of that against Georgetown on Saturday. We'll get to that in a little little bit.
1: Yeah, like I was saying earlier, um, this team is starting to take that next step. If not, I think that something clicked and um, the next step happened.
2: You know, it's just small steps, one step at a time. Um, I remember we were talking about Xavier after that game, and I mentioned something about how, you know, we lost, but it felt like something, you know, we were playing right the whole time. You know, sometimes you just lose games like that. Xavier's a good team. We fall all the way back. We fall hard. And, you know, that's just what you want from these guys. You want them to play hard. Um, when you're playing hard, this team, you know, they're going to get points up. They're going to win games. Uh, i felt like i feel like this little stretch here to paul georgetown i feel like this is a great time to you know get our confidence back and then we have marquette coming in so i feel like we'll see again see that against marquette you know maybe get a little revenge comeback game and, and we'll we'll go from there
0: yeah with all these points we're getting recently jordan hawkins is at the front of it he's scored 52 points in the past three halves and way he's doing it, which he's done a lot this season, Dave Borges on Twitter tweeted out actually a few hours ago. He's 13 times he's been fouled taking a three. He did it twice against DePaul. I mean, I've never seen it. He's so good. I don't know if he's sticking out the leg or what he's doing, but it's working. I mean, he's getting in the line. He makes his free throws. I saw they showed, I believe, on the score bug last night, you had been like 34 for his last 35 or something on free throws. He proceeded to miss two the rest of the game, but... That is what it is, but he's really improve, improved and impressed at the free throw line.
2: Yeah, and he's become way more of a dynamic player than I feel like we saw at the beginning of the season. What we saw at the beginning of the season from Hawkins was a lot of three-point shots, uh, a lot of comparisons to, you know, Ray Allen from Connor. Which I feel like I'll never forget, but <laughs> I can still see it in my head. You know, the jump shot is so vivid, but yeah, I mean, he's, I see he's working hard now to get to the basket. I remember there was a layup he had, and I don't know who was calling the game, but I don't remember. But he he said it reminded him of three letters NBA, and I, I feel like you know the more he gets to the basket, the more that three point shot is going to open up, and that is a fact. You know he's he's a frail guy. You know he's little, but he is strong going to the basket. I mean he's little and high. He's just a little thin, you know, but he's strong going to the basket. He'll dunk it on you. He'll finesse lay up you. He'll beat you in every way. And you need to show the defense that you're going to go to the basket because when they know you're going to shoot threes, I mean, they're just going to camp out on you the whole time. So the more he goes to the basket, the the better that will be for him, the better it will be for the team.
1: Yeah, and to speak on what Matt was saying, um, at the beginning of the season, he was more of just run off screens, catch and shoot. Now we're seeing a lot more um, coming off the dribble from him getting downhill and him just creating his own shot with his dribble. And about him getting fouled on the three-point shots, I think – the way he really does is because he has so much elevation on his jumper, there's just a lot of time to get under his feet. And he's also very good at timing it up. So, um, yeah, that's about both of those things you guys said.
0: It's also that quick trigger. I feel like whenever he catches it, he's shooting it before he even catches it sometimes. So the defenders have to react quickly. They end up fouling him. And... Andre Jackson, we didn't really mention him too much. Just two points. He had eight rebounds, five turnovers. Not a great game for him. Four assists too. He also got another technical foul, his third of the season. I don't. It's really not that big of a deal. It's at the end of the game, just some chirping. But I mean, he's got to learn. He I mean, he had the back-to-back technicals earlier, and he's kind of had a streak without him. So hopefully, he can start a new streak without him. But that's just some housekeeping stuff.
2: That's not. I'm not too worried about that. I hear a lot of chatter about Andre Jackson going to the league after the season. I don't see that at all. Um, I understand he's an athletic freak of nature. He's ginormous. He runs the point guard. He has this huge frame He flies around the court up to the basket. He's a great defender, but he's just raw. Um, he is one of the rawest players. I feel like in college basketball, he uh, It seems like he doesn't know what to do with his body. You know, he's a fantastic player. But he needs time and he needs development. I feel like he needs to play the season out. And then over the summer, I think he really just needs to focus on the basic fundamentals because he does everything else well. He needs just to learn to dribble a little better going into the paint. He needs to learn to attack without having to like lose the ball. He needs to be able to get to the rim without, you know, foiling to resistance. And I feel like if he can do that, his point numbers will just naturally go up. If he can get to the basket, go up stronger, if he can keep a better grip on the ball, you know, just, pri- just shoot all summer, do exactly what Adama did. And I feel like, you know, maybe by the end of next year, he'll be ready, but I, I don't I don't see it right now.
1: Yeah, he has a um, very unrefined offensive game, I'd put it. But he's still extremely important to this team. But yeah, Matt, like you were saying, he just is so athletic. It's almost like sometimes he can't control his body and he picks up some wild fouls and, you know, um, he'll turn it over. So definitely he needs some refinement. But like I said, he is just so important to this team, especially defensively. He is our motor. But, yeah, I would love to see him um, make some make some strides offensively soon here.
2: And being like that, loose with your body, I mean, that's just a young player thing, you know. As you get older, these things tend to go away. You're not moving like this forever, obviously. So, I mean, definitely, you know, he can improve this, and I'm 100% positive. He will be in the NBA, like, one day, you know, whether it's, next season or not, but, you know, just the little things, you need to learn to control yourself a little better.
0: Okay. We'll highlight the rest of the players here. Alex Caravan, just 21 minutes. He was in some foul trouble, four points, four rebounds and a career high five assists. So congrats to Alex. I know he's not really a playmaker, but he had five assists, a couple of nice finds too. Also Klingon, 19 minutes, five points, nine rebounds, three blocks, Aline, 23 minutes. He was playing a lot and he, he hit a three but he kind of got a little trigger happy he ended up two for seven from the field but I like him taking the shots in a game like that they pretty much have one so I'm fine with it and after that we're going to get into the discussion now about the rotation you had Samson five minutes which I honestly didn't think he'd get any after he didn't play at all versus Xavier you have Hassan Diar five minutes and Joey three minutes I feel like this is the beginning of a new era in this season and the fact that the rotation is going to change for the first time pretty much we had our nine man all year before samson came back and we've really had the nine man up until now i feel like it's going to trim down we saw there was really a seven man rotation in the second half of the starters plus clinging and Aline. i feel like i don't think it'll stay seven but i think it will end up being eight maybe maybe nine A nine in like Joey for three minutes is the ninth or whoever it is. But I just want to hear your guys' take on the rotation going forward.
2: I love it for Danny. Um, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of talk about him being sort of a one-trick pony, getting recruits in and not necessarily knowing what to do with them, not knowing how to develop them or or have them play as a team. Um, I feel like this is really showing that he cares. He cares about his players. He cares about the team. He cares about winning. Um, you know, obviously we see all the flash him, you know, getting angry, throwing tantrums on the sideline, you know, you want to win games, but I mean, if you're not willing to make necessary adjustments, then how bad do you really want to win them? I like that. He's showing that if you're underperforming, you know, you're going to sit on the bench because there are other guys ready to take your spot. And there are other guys ready to come in and show that, you know, they're, they're, they're better than you. And, you know, they're going to play those minutes and they're going to be more effective. And I feel like that really opens up a competition aspect to the team. Uh, You know, you want your guys competing against themselves. You want their guys, you want your guys getting better, not necessarily, you know, feeling worse, going out there and underperforming. You know, you want them coming in and you want them playing for themselves, playing better for themselves to show that they deserve that spot. Because when everybody's playing good, you know, it's a work of art.
1: Yeah, and I'm all in favor for cutting down the rotation a little bit. Because it's really nice having a big rotation running nine guys. But if there's empty, unproductive minutes, you might as well not. You might as well just keep your seven or eight best guys out there. And I think that's what Danny was doing. And there are guys on the bottom of the bench. Like Calcaterra could definitely heat up and have one more big game. DR sometimes is playing so well that you want to give them extra minutes. But I'm all in favor for just keeping your most productive guys out there instead of just having a bigger rotation. Way to go, Danny.
0: Yeah, this is the second straight game that Joey's, or excuse me, Jordan Hawkins has pretty much played the entire game. He played 38 minutes versus DePaul, played 37 versus Xavier, and he's really picked it up minutes wise in conference play 37 versus St. John's, a streak of 33s, four in a row. So, I mean, Hawkins, he's proven to be one of our best players, and Hurley notices that, and he's, he wants him on the floor as much as possible. Obviously, I'm not saying it's unrealistic for him to play 40 minutes, it'd be nice, but. I'm fine with what he played. I, I didn't even notice he was out. Maybe he was out early in the first half when Joey was in. But, I i mean, I'm all for playing our best as much as possible.
2: One thing about Jordan I just want to bring up is that I remember uh, mentioning earlier in the season, you know, Danny can't be on the floor. You need someone to provide energy. You need someone to, you know, pump themselves up, pump the team up. And I've noticed a lot more of that from Jordan Hawkins you know, big play happens, he's the first one you see on that replay, you know, flexing, celebrating, getting the guys hyped up, you know, you love to see that stuff.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying I like losing streaks, but a losing streak is definitely something that'll make you, sh- or that'll show you who your true leaders are, you know, who are the guys stepping up, who are the guys still bringing the intensity, so, um, you know, the losing streak, maybe it's been good for character, I'll say.
2: Yeah, and I, I like to see them still having fun out there too, you know, they're not they they don't, they know it's not the end of the world, you know. Caravan, you know, slammed it on someone's head and you know, immediately started laughing, smiling. It's good to see they're still enjoying themselves out there. Uh, I feel like that's one of the most important parts.
0: And we're recapping the DePaul game. I feel like we haven't mentioned anything about DePaul at all, so I'll talk real quick about them. I mean, they're three and nine in conference, they're not great, but they do have that Xavier win. and. Javon Johnson, he scored 10 points in the first six minutes. I was worried. I mean, I knew Andre was on him, but he scored 10 points in the first six minutes. He didn't take another shot until early second half. I don't know what was up with that, but he was looking like a guy that would go for 30-plus. So I'm glad he just stopped shooting. And also, they have Umoja Gibson, who's a 16-point-per-game scorer. We held him to just eight. And I know they were missing a couple of guys. Not saying that would make a difference. Guys like Philmon Geberwit, which is a A++ name. In the Big East, not even just the Big East in the country, they're also missing Nick Genda all season. their starting center, so they're a little little injured right now. But still, they're they're a solid team. Like I said, they beat DePaul. I mean, not, they beat Xavier. They are DePaul, <laughs> um, but they they're gonna give a fight. They have some bruisers like Erol Penn and Deshaun Nelson who had sixteen. So really, it's not. It's a road wins a road win. We haven't won a road game
2: since Butler over a month ago. And they shot pretty well too. You know, they they didn't come in and like slouch around. know they, they were they were gonna lose. They shot forty five percent from three, uh, which was uh, much better than us. I'll just put it like that. And I'm glad to see. You know, we we came out with the win, even though they they were shooting you know lights out from behind there.
0: I think that'll just about do it for the DePaul portion of this. UConn just a dominant win. But slipped a little in the second half, but they recovered another double-digit win. Their 15th, I believe, of the season, I saw, which is tied for Alabama for most among Power 6 teams. So that's a good sight to see. And recruiting news, just a little bit announced earlier today. Tahad Pettiford, we were in his top seven, some say top two between us and Auburn. He chose the Tigers, so no Pettiford. But like I said before we hopped on, here i mean we beat out auburn for stefan castle and i'd take castle over Pettiford any day of the week so i'm not really I'm not losing too much sleep over that and i just want to know want to know what you guys think about the rest of the season i have the schedule here i'll list it off at georgetown home versus marquette at Creighton, home versus eaton hall home versus providence at st johns at msg home versus DePaul, and at Villanova. So in the last eight games, what do you guys think our record will be? I think with the way we've played over the past three halves of basketball, I think they could sneak six and two, which would make us 23 and eight going into the Big East tournament. That's just my opinion. What do you guys think?
1: I'd be happy with five and three and just picking up one signature win on the season and definitely beating St. John's. That would make me happy. But if we could get to five and three there, Um, pick up a nice little ranked win. There's definitely some tough teams there. So um, five and three would make me happy.
2: I'm going to go with five and three as well. Um, I think we're going to be Providence uh, at home. We have to, you know, it's not even an option anymore. You got to be Providence at home. After all the talk of what happened last year, you got to beat them, especially after the first game. I felt like, you know, we had a great chance to beat them. And, you know, those games killed our confidence. Now it's time to come in, you know, our home play it our way with our fans and I feel like things are going to look a lot different. Uh, the St. John's game, real wild card, because the first time we played that was not even close to our be- best effort. I know we are better than St. John's. If we can beat St. John's, that would be my sixth win. So it, I, I feel like, you know, we should get five wins at the least. If we can go and beat St. John's finish six and two, that would be great because we need to build up our confidence going into March um also nova uh we didn't have the most difficult time with nova last time but we were at home we were at the xl center which hasn't been much of a home court advantage this season anyways so you know maybe we go into to nova we sneak a win there two get seven
1: and one thing is that there's a lot of revenge games coming up here um this is just going to be a really good gauge for how far this team's overcome um for and for how far they've grown so that's what i'm excited for here we could really see Um, what they're working with and how much they've overcome going into March with these last couple games here.
0: Yeah. For, I said six and two, I'll just choose my losses. I think, I don't think they're going to win at Creighton, the top four in the big East, Creighton, Marquette, Xavier, and Providence. They're all undefeated at home in conference play. So it's very tough to play in all those environments. And I'm between either at Villanova, because they have Justin Moore back. I don't know if you guys saw. But he's back. He played 31 minutes. He's healthy. And I'm between that game and the Seton Hall or Providence at home, I just feel like we saw St. John's pick us off at home, so it could easily happen. And I think both those teams are better than St. John's.
2: Yeah, and in the Big East, man, you never know. We saw DePaul go into Xavier and beat him. or uh, Xavier come into DePaul, beat him there uh DePaul beat Xavier I mean so I mean you never know we could sneak one out at St. John's maybe at Nova and we got to win the home game that's the big thing
0: all right and now I think we'll quickly just choose some players to watch for the game versus Georgetown and UConn as we all remember the Joey Calcaterra game last time beat the Hoyas at home so it'll be it's a rematch at in dc so i'll start at my player to watch for that one i mean i'll choose joey i mean he was pretty much out of the rotation versus DePaul. paul i'm not saying he's going to get back in he's going to play what he played like 20 something minutes against georgetown last time that's not going to happen but i'm curious to see where the rotation goes and if he's a part of it and i think if he plays he's obviously succeeded against these guys before so i don't see it changing i think he's gonna have a great game if he suits up and gets proper minutes
1: yeah, and I just want to see what Andre Jackson does because he hasn't been playing his best basketball lately, and specifically what I'm looking for here with him is cutting his fouls down and not scoring a lot of points offensively, but just being efficient and effective offensively, um, not really turning it over, making the right play. That's just what I want to see from him, and definitely the fouls need to come
2: down. I'm going to go in more of a matchup uh, direction here. I'm going to go with Adama. Because uh, if you remember last time, Cutis uh, kind of had his way. with him. He had nineteen. Uh, what was it like, sixteen and nine points? Adama had fourteen and seven. So Qudas won that matchup. I would say that game, even though we won the game. You know, kind of had his way with Adama. I want to see Adama come out here and you know show he's better than Qudas and beat up on him. And you know, hopefully, we get a big win. And
0: also for the Hoyas, I'm just. I guess being a fan here, but Primo Spears, I love his game. He's averaging 17 points per game. He's the type of guard that can just get you a bucket whenever you want. I enjoy seeing him play. Obviously, I, I root for him, but I obviously hope he doesn't have his best game against UConn. But every time I've tuned into Georgetown, which is actually more than I've realized, I've probably watched him a handful of times this year. He's always going off. He just, you can give him the ball. He'll put he'll put it in the hoop. He's a mid-range demon. It's just, I like watching Primo Spears, so He's probably going to have a good game. He did decent against us last time of the team in scoring. So he's. we don't have to choose Georgetown players to watch for this one. But if we did, he'd be mine.
1: Yeah, and I also love his game. Windsor, Connecticut, hometown here. Um, Saw a lot of him in high school. And I know I said it last time we played them, but um, he gave me 55 points in football in high school, and he had like two, three touchdowns that game. So he's a real good athlete.
2: And I'm going to do the honorary, a cook-a-cook mention for Andrew here. Uh, it's always fun to go back, play him, see the guys all get together again. So, you know, I just thought I'd shout that out really quick.
0: All right. And I think I'll just about do it here for episode 23 of How About Them Huskies, recap the DePaul game. We broke down the schedule a little bit, how we think we'll fare the rest of the year, and gave some players to watch for Georgetown. And that game versus Georgetown, I mean, I'm not saying you, you kind of lose, but I wouldn't just look over it until next time. I mean, you can lose any game in this conference and Georgetown (laughs) has a win, but I think that'll just about do it. Like I said, so thanks for watching and stay tuned for a future episode in between the Georgetown and Marquette game.